Welcome to Replant Bootcamp, the boots on the ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. 180 has just launched two new products that we think could really help your church. Stick around to the end of the podcast to hear more. Here we are, episode 24 of the Replant Bootcamp here in downtown Atlanta. I've got my special new Replant Yeti, not fully Yeti mug. Fetty. Fetty. Fetty mug with a Replant branding on it because we're here for the practitioner training. I think it's one of the most fun events that the NAM Replant team does. I agree. We're training about 200 40 DOMs in how to take a church from the first phone call of we think we might be in trouble to a recommendation to vote for their future to to see what God can do. So we're excited. Yeah. And so this one will actually go out live this Wednesday. So if you're at the replant practitioner training, then you'll be hearing this on your drive or flight home. Maybe. You will. And we've got a special, great boots on the ground highlight guest yes. with us. Man, tell us your name and just a little bit about yourself, where you're at, and what you're doing. Yeah, so my name's Jason Rumbo. I am in Nashville, Tennessee, really in the heart of Nashville, Tennessee, in East Nashville, which is like hipster central. It's where all of the good coffee brewers go to mm. be very angsty about their coffee. Uh, that's kind of where we, where I am. Uh, I've been there almost two years. June will be two years. And we, I'm pastor of Hope Church. It used to be Eastland Baptist Church. And then uh, we relaunched and replanted officially uh, in about a month. It'll be a year ago. And uh, seen some amazing things. Great highs, some, some lows as well. But it's been awesome. So are you, are you bougie about coffee? <laughs> I wasn't. And now I kind of am. It's like we don't have a Starbucks close to where I am. And uh, you guys wouldn't allow it, right? Well, we well, so they are getting ready to open one, and everybody's protesting. Everybody's oh, yeah. like, "No, <laughs> like we're not going." And it's drive through. Everybody's like, "Who? Who's? They're going to go out of business? Like who does that? Like yeah. let's go and pay eight dollars and wait thirty minutes for our coffee to brew." That's kind of the way it is right now. Yeah, so it's, he it's, does live in a really hipster area of uh, East Nashville. I was there at what's the uh, the soda shop. Oh, yeah, the soda parlor. And then what's the burger place next to it? Pharmacy. Farm, no, the... Oh, you mean Burger Up. Burger Up. Oh, yeah. Great oh, great it's, burger. It's great amazing. burger. Burger Up. We'll Yelp put, Elite we'll, Bob <laughs> We'll put it in the show notes. I think, I think I've reviewed it. So I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there. Uh, and I, I, for whatever reason, I can't remember, but I, I spent a lot of time down there, which you'll find out in a second. But I saw a dude driving a scooter, wearing a dog on his scooter. We it's just call that Monday. It's Monday. just like, that's just like every day. There we go. Like, uh, it's, it's crazy. It's so crazy. When you, when you order a cup of coffee, what do you order? Well, you got to go with single origin. You can't go yeah, with a blend. Origin. So you go with what, a single what's origin. What's your favorite single origin? Oh man. Um, I like a good Honduras. It's yeah. really good. Um, I love something from, I go to barista parlor or I go to crema downtown. There's a new one just up the street from my house called living waters, which is like a coffee shop and brewery. And it's wait, just, wait a second. What living waters? Is that like a playoff? Is that a bat? It actually, well, believe it or not, but you said brewery. It, it's well, well it's you know, it's, uh, it's phenomenal. It's great, man. But it's like you walk in and, and you have to wear to know that people, for people to know that you live there, you have to wear the official uniform of East Nashville, which is all black. Because right. everybody's so angsty. Right? Everybody's so angsty, very moody, very just kind of dark. And uh, that's just how we roll in East Nashville. It's pretty uh, great place pretty for the amazing. gospel. It's an amazing place for the gospel. It's a huge need, but it's awesome. 
So tell us about Hope Church, how long you've been there, and what that journey is. Hope Church officially as a church, like I said, it started and it launched its first Sunday, April 7th of 2019. And uh, it was originally Eastland Baptist Church. Uh, Eastland Baptist Church is uh, 109 years old. And in its heyday, was running 1,500 people. Um, at one time, they had so many people at the church that they had actually had Sunday school classes meeting in what they called was the dungeon, which was the old tool room created and carved into the foundation of the church wow. because they just had so many people there. And uh, over the course of time, the community changed. People moved out. The church really became a core group of people who loved the church, um, but really kind of became disconnected from the community. And so my family and I moved there in June of 2018 with the idea of wanting to help the church reconnect with the community and re uh, see the gospel really come alive again once in that community. Uh, the church was originally planted by another church, sister church in the area, who had the heart and the passion to see a local gospel-centered church started. And so a large part of Hope Church's story is returning to our roots of why we were started to begin with. And so kind of recasting that vision. And it's been crazy because we've seen God do amazing things in the less than two years that we've been there. Um, we went from a group of about 25 to 30 people when I got there and four kids in the kids ministry, which were all, all for my kids. kids. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. and um, now through the, we hit October of 2018 when we had been there just a few months. Um, we actually got down one Sunday to 13 people. Yeah. Um, I was leading worship. I was preaching. I was doing all the admin. Printed Bolton's whole thing. Oh man, did the whole thing. And I was, I was on the verge of burnout and, yeah. Yeah. and um, God did some amazing things and began to turn that thing around. And now we, uh, we're running about 30 kids in our nursery in our kids area. We were averaging around 80, 85 every week. And we just today celebrated our 14th baptism in the span of about a year. Oh, and wow. so um, it, it's been an amazing time. Um, it has had some dark times, you know, uh, but it's had some amazing positive times as well. So uh, it's been great. We, we've had some, we've had to uh, kind of learn how to say goodbye, you know, but we've also been able to, to greet some really awesome friends and partners in ministry just with, with what God's doing there. So he hit this style of replant is a replant from within. And so I had some history with Eastland Baptist Church through the Nashville Baptist Association, they called and, and we were just getting into the replant practitioner type of training. And so did a consultation. This is a church with about 25 senior adults, average age up in the 70s, 72, yeah. 72 um, voted to say yes to replanting. And I remember uh, Bob, and I don't remember what Bob's last name is. Bobby Goodwin. Is he still around? Oh man, he's one of our best greeters. So he is a, a World War II vet, I think. And had a cane and so I was preaching there on that Sunday right after they voted and we just called the church to pray. Guess who the first guy down to pray up front was? Mm -hmm. Bobby Goodwin. That's awesome. So they prayed mm -hmm. and then we started looking for a replanter and it, it took a while. I think it took a, a year or more like that, to yeah. try to find a replanter mm -hmm. and one of the guys that was serving our team at the time, Brad uh, O'Brien, knows Jason. You guys have some connections in common with J.D. Greer mm -hmm. and all that sort of thing. And so uh, he came to the church, and I think I visited you some months after you guys were there, and we went to that great barbecue place. But a replant from within is hard. Oh, it's very hard. It's the hardest kind, right? So you said you went through some some. You got down to thirteen, and yeah. you, you. What were you thinking on that Sunday? Uh, I I thought, well, if the church wasn't dead before now, I officially killed it. <laughs> I mean, that's really what I thought. I thought, like it was just such a dark time. I remember getting oh home. Gosh. I remember I remember going home and thinking. There, I mean, because my family, there's six of us, yeah. which means there were only like a handful Seven of other people oh there, God. you know, and I'm like, we're 50% of the congregation. I mean, it really <laughs> was just an incredibly dark time. And 
And I just, I remember going home and I'm just like, I can't, I, I just, I can't, I can't, I, I, yeah. I don't, there's nothing left here. God, mm. there's nothing left. I don't know how to rebuild this thing back. Uh, because the others that were left, not all of them were still thrilled about the fact that I was there. Yeah. You know, because um, you've been changing things. Right? Oh man. Changed yeah. Worship and well, and it was, it was some of those things were almost uh, forced by God to do. It wasn't even in my, right. my timeline. It was cause I was, I had this long, like five year plan mapped out. And I think, you know, God looked at my plans and was like, that's cute. That's really sweet. You know, like, <laughs> let me show you do something else. And so we had a huge staff turnover. Um, and it was really just one of those things of when I got in there, I was like, all right, guys, like we're going to start like adhering to what Jesus says in scripture and what he commands of us. And so the expectation is that you're going to start serving and you're going to start sharing your faith. And I had people, staff members and other leaders come and say, I'm just not really into doing that, you know? And uh, yeah. So this is the interesting phenomenon in the replant from within you, you're scrapping together, you're raising money probably for salary and vision casting and begging people to come and help you turn around this, this thing that this is really challenging. And you experienced not only the first dip, but the second dip, right? So there's in a replant from within, there's a double dip, mm-hmm. right? Everybody loves him when he shows up. Oh, he's got kids, young pastor. He's going to change this yeah. thing. Well, he starts changing things and then you people leave yeah. and then something else happens. Maybe somebody passes away and then you go down another dip, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's pretty common in a replant from within. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you got to a low point. What started to change? What started to transition? And how did you start climbing up that hill? What has happened at Hope that we we tell people when people come in, um, there's not a lot of people who just sit around and do nothing. As a matter of fact, there's very, very few people. Our mantra is, you come one Sunday, you're our guest. You come the second Sunday, you're a door greeter. Right? That's just <laughs> yeah. kind of the way we do it. So we kind of begin Do they building. get keys? Yeah, well, <laughs> pretty much. You know, and, and what happened was... Um, Third Sunday, you're a check signer. Oh, my gosh. gosh. Yeah. yeah. You've been. I, I can tell you've been to our church. Yeah, that's how it works. One of the things that's just really been kind of interesting about what happened with that upswing is God began to bring what we called strategic members, people who had a very unique and very interesting skill set that we had a need for. Of course, when you only have 13 members, you have a need for everything, yeah. right? So it was like, if you're breathing, we can use you. There's a couple that moved from somewhere to join you guys. Yeah, so it was a couple, Mark and Kelly Franklin, they moved actually from Raleigh, where I was serving on staff at that church, and they moved with us to Nashville. And uh, they've been great, like, uh, I call them the Swiss Army knife of mm-hmm. the replanting. Uh, church because they will do everything and they're really good at what they do. I mean, they just come in and they're like, Hey, you need somebody to hold a baby. We'll hold a baby. You know, you need somebody to sweep up after this event. You need somebody to go do door knockers. I mean, they, they were all in and it was huge. There was another family who at the time came in and it was a guy, honestly, who has become one of my best friends, but he was only two months clean and out of recovery. I can, he was in the midst of recovery. Is that the rapper guy? Yeah. The rapper the guy. Rapper yeah, dude. Joel. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. He, he showed up. We met for coffee actually. Um, at one of those bougie coffee places, and he shows him he's got tattoos all over him. He actually kind of scared me, to be honest. Well, he's got a shaved head. He's yeah. He's we were talking, and and uh, he said, "Hi, I just heard it. We're supposed to have a conversation." He's like, "What are you doing?" So I told him about replanting. I told him about what we were doing, and he's just kind of grinning from ear to ear. And I was like, "I don't know if this guy thinks I'm crazy or like what's going on, you know?" And uh, he's like, "I, I just I, I love hearing your story, and we're all in." And I'm like. I haven't even asked you to do anything, but okay, that sounds great. And so it was, it was what we began seeing was God was assembling a team of people that were the most unlikely candidates to ever be part of a church, including the lead pastor who did everything he knew to do and pretty much killed what was there. Okay. So point of observation, right? So a lot of us have kind of grown up around church planting and 
church planting world. So there's a there's a kind of a mentality. You have a, a specific skill set. You got a specific look. You got to have a specific kind of core group people. And in a replant, specifically this replant from women, you had none of that. None of it. None of it. None of it. All right, continue. Well, I would say none of that except for the fact that he is the son oh, of yes. the replant Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> Yoda. Yoda. He's the Yoda of replanting. Uh, either he's making this stuff up or he is talking a church into replanting like every other day. Yes. He blinks his eyes and a church replants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's halfway encouraging and halfway like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> and so I feel like some of that DNA probably you go. just got immersed into you somehow. And maybe this is why replanters should have more children. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So his yeah. so his dad is Johnny Rumbo, yep. who is the the associational missional strategist strategist at the Lexington, Lexington Baptist, Baptist Association, Association in what city? Uh, Lexington, South, South Carolina. Carolina. So love those guys. So the the rapper shows up. Yeah. And and, what, and, what and he and he's like, hey, I just want to be honest with you. He's like, um, I'm two months clean and uh, but I'm all in. And I and I'm like, well, I don't have anybody. Like I don't, I'm like, okay, God, like I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> and so we just began having conversations and it, it started off as just like a you know, discipleship friendship. And uh, turns out um, he's enrolled in seminary and he's just kind of going for, for the gold, man. And it was amazing. And now he's come on staff. He is oversees all of our outreach and community groups. And God has used he and his family. Uh, well, all they, they also brought four kids as yeah. well. So like we instantly doubled our there kids ministry. It was go. amazing. Yeah. Um, and through that, he was just um, an incredibly uh, encouraging person to my own soul, as well as this other couple, Mark and Kelly Franklin. And through their excitement and through just the willingness uh, to go, hey, you know what? Um, this is God's church and we're going to just see what he does. Uh, we began to really see God do some amazing things. But I think that the key that we saw through all of this really was a commitment to, and really I would say a clarifying of the gospel. I mean, when I got to Eastland Baptist Church, um, I remember having conversations with some of our senior adults and, and I would talk about the gospel and I quickly realized that when I said gospel and they said gospel, we were talking about two very different things. Mm-hmm. And so the first kind of out of the gate, first thing we did in the first six months was just to kind of define the dictionary. Say, okay, when, when we talk about gospel, this is what it means. When we talk about missions, this is what it means. When we talk about following the way of Jesus, this is what it means. Discipleship, saying like all of those things. And I realized that we had just, there was a lot of disconnect there. And when we began to sort of redefine the terms and redefine the parameters of what it entailed to be a follower of Jesus, I think we then really began to see where you had some people who were just kind of going through the motions and some people who were bought in. I remember one time there was a Sunday where it, it just hit low man it was that that sunday at 13 and i called a buddy of mine and i was like i just i think i'm ready i'm done i'm ready to quit i don't know what to do he said well are you preaching the gospel and i said Mm. yes he said well what did you expect would happen (laughs) six months later six months later when we relaunched yes as hope church i was like man this is this is amazing and i said this i can't believe this and he said well are you preaching the gospel and i said yes he said well what did you expect would happen yeah. So, so this is absolutely true. So one of the things in, in our replant from within story, the, the first few weeks were great. First three months were pretty good. And then we hit a, we hit a crisis mm. with some conflict in, inside the church. And then it felt like every Sunday thereafter, it was like I was turning over a rock and finding either like a snake mm. or a <laughs> bad situation or sin that had been covered up forever. Yeah. But preaching the gospel exposes that stuff. It brings yes. it into the light. 
and and probably what we 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 should be aware of and this is we say this when we're teaching sometimes on replanting when you start proclaiming the gospel and and people realize what the church is going to be about and it's going to be on on mission with Jesus helping people understand what it means to be transformed by the gospel and continue to be transformed by the gospel some people are not on board with that and so they leave and unfortunately they've been discipled into a good church culture a baptistic type church culture and they serve and they give and they do all those things and so as you're preaching the gospel some people who kind of been keeping the thing going leave yeah and it's this you feel like well i'm preaching the gospel and and i'm failing Right. But you're not you're reclaiming that church and reshaping that church for what God wants for it. It just requires you more faith. I mean, when you think about when Jesus would draw a crowd, what would he say to the crowd? Well, if you're going to follow me, you got to be ready to take up your cross and die to yourself and like follow me. Right. So. So part of that in replanting, there's a season that you just got to gut it out. Yeah, yeah you just got to stick with it. And I mean, Matthew chapter five, where Jesus says, you know, blessed are the ones who basically are persecuted for my name's sake, you know, and we are never promised a comfortable, easy life, especially when it comes to following Jesus. And I think that it's easy to only focus on the wins. And when we compare, you know, our, our B-roll to somebody else's director's cut, then we quickly become disillusioned and dis, dis, uh, discouraged. Yeah. Uh, and we have to remember that Facebook is awesome. Facebook is great, but Facebook only shows people what we want them to see. And uh, they don't, we don't often don't see the hours of prayer and the, the hours of fasting and the tears that come from very good friends who say, you know, I really wanted to be on board, but I just can't. I just can't anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, nobody posts those Facebook posts, Mm -hmm. right? Nobody puts that on social media because it's hard and it's real and it's raw. And so one of the things that I I just tried to do from the beginning of of our replanting story was um, as much as I knew how to, I tried to be really honest with our people say, Hey, you know what got us here, got us here and praise God we're here because the doors are still open. But what got us here isn't going to get us there, you know, and I want as many people to be on the bus as possible, man. If if you want to have a seat on the bus, it may not be the same seat you've always had, but if you want a seat on the bus, I want you to be on the bus. But we have to remember that it's a bus, not a park bench. And at some Mm -hmm. point that bus has to start going and uh, we'll go slow, as slow as we can. In our our case, God kind of had a different timeline than what we anticipated. And uh, we kind of rolled with that and it was amazing and it was beautiful, um, even though it was a little hard and, and sometimes jolting. I had one of our, one of our older members who is still there, Mr. Bobby, you mentioned, yeah. um, he, he has two things he, he would always say to me. The first thing he would always say is this, he'd say, you know, I knew we needed change, but I didn't know change was going to hurt this bad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But the second thing that he says is this, and he said this from day one, when you said he came down and prayed, it reminded me of this. He said, you know, my prayer has been that I will live to see this place filled once again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that has been such a great encouragement, you know, and uh, every time we have another baptism, you know, like we did this morning, um, he comes up to me and he goes, we're doing it. Mm-hmm. We're doing it. Yeah. And it's just really good. So that's been my prayer for him is God, he's 86 years old. I'm like, God, keep him alive. So either do something really, really quickly or give him long life, you know, like whatever it is, but like God, keep him alive to be able to see this happen once again. Man, I the first day that he came down, you know, when I was preaching there, when they were starting the replant journey, he said the same thing to me. There's there's some really dear, sweet uh, saints of God that are good folks. So I just want to say to, to if you're replanting from within, and you're listening out there, don't overlook the guys that have have and the the men and the women who have labored long and stayed faithful long, 
because they're some of the sweetest folks yeah. and some of them the godliest folks who really can be the greatest allies in change, even though they don't like it. So real quick, one of my, one of our coolest success stories that I could just mention is I have a 94-year-old secretary who comes in three days a week and volunteers. <laughs> oh, she, she lives by herself and she drives herself everywhere she goes mm-hmm. and she comes in three days a week. When we started making some of these changes, man, it was just incredibly difficult, incredibly hard. And it she just didn't really like it. I remember one, one Sunday she yelled at me for moving her plants and I was like, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm really sorry. You know, like we, you got to know not to touch the plants. I, well, yeah, <laughs> they were dead. So I didn't really know what to do with them. I'm like, okay. You know, it wasn't about the plants, but it but man, I, I have seen, you know, when preaching the gospel, I've seen a work in her that's been unbelievable. And last Sunday I walked by and she was holding the baby of some of our newest members and just seeing, and she was just, I mean, it was just full of joy. And I just, I said, Miss Helen, I said, you just look so joyful. And so she's like, you know what? I figured this isn't my church anymore. Mm. It's God's church. Wow. And I was like, that, that right there. there, I mean, it's just when you preach the gospel, miracles begin to happen because there's the power of God and salvation. It's just, it's been amazing. That was awesome. Yeah, let's step away from the success stories for a minute. Sure. And, and here's what I want to hear. <laughs> yeah. What's the stupidest thing you've done? Well, there have been a couple of things. Uh, one was just humiliating. I went to go baptize somebody, and I slipped down the stairs and basically baptized myself first. <laughs> um, and that was uh, – that was. And we got it on video, and I'm the only one who has a copy. <laughs> can you post, I, no, can no. you send that? Because we want to post yes, it on we the want, show. We want, that. we want a clip of that. We want a clip of that. Oh, man. Well, well, I'll pray about it and get back to you. No, uh, there ain't no praying. <laughs> there ain't no praying. Uh, I, I think one of the things that, that um, for me, was, was probably a, a, just a really boneheaded move was, you know, you, you, kind of, you do what you know. And uh, I tried to recreate what I knew from where I'd come from. And in doing that, I realized that what I had come from wasn't going to fit the context of the church I was going into. And so when I tried to recreate it, it was, I came from a a very um, high production, very high ministry, a lot of programs and all that kind of stuff, you know? And I'm like, man, we, all we have to do is have this thing in our kids ministry and this type of work. And I came in and I was like gung ho. And I thought everybody was excited about it because everybody was excited about the new young pastor coming in. And I very quickly realized that it was not going to fly. My children's director um, at the time who I thought was on board with everything. It was a young girl. Um, she basically came to me and she chewed me up one side down the other. And she's like, I'm done. And she hasn't really been back since. And wow. I was like, wow. Okay. So now what do we do? You yeah. know? Um, and so I think just trying to almost force something that wasn't of the Lord rather than just being patient and waiting for God to move and God to move the people and God to move. You know, one of the things we've, we've started saying around um, Hope Church now is uh, we move at the speed of people because we've got to just be in line with what God's doing in their hearts and in their lives. And sometimes as leaders, you know, we have to kind of push our people a little bit longer uh, or a little bit more, you know, but um, if we push too much, then we get far ahead of our people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've got to move at the speed that they can go. Good word. For some people, that's quicker than others. You know, For some people, it's, it's just a slow kind of grinding process. This guy may have a little Johnny Rumble on him after all. He does, man. <laughs> yeah. He does. <laughs> that's good. If you, if you could share one thought to a guy walking into a replant from within. Man, um, I would say, you know, definitely, you know, preach the word and take care of your wife and your kids. Mm-hmm. 
you know, take care of your family and take care of your own soul because your people are going to need you to be walking with the Lord, to be able to trust you, to be able to follow you, you know? And then I would say to never underestimate the value or never assume that people uh, are irredeemable mm. and never assume that people are too far gone, that mm. God can't move them and change them as well. And so love on them, preach the gospel to them, and then just watch what God does because God's the one who changes people. Yeah. We don't. Hey, just to summarize a couple of things that I took notes on uh, before we close that I think are important for us to remember in this. I was thinking through the 13 characteristics, and so many of them were evident in this story. One, respecting the legacy uh, of the church, talking about really just going back to the root. I think that's something all replanters need to heavily consider and never forget. Uh, you're not just blazing into new uh, work. You're really aligning a church back to uh, its original purpose. Like you were talking about, you expressed that so well. And then the gospel orientation, the idea of bringing everything back to the gospel, letting the gospel do the powerful work, letting the gospel change someone's heart. I love, I love what you said about it's a bus, not a, not a bench. And so it's going to get moving. We got to, we want you on it, but it's, it's a moving object. It's not, it's not just here for us to sit on. And then that pastoral grit piece. Uh, I don't know that you can replant a church and not hit that moment where it's 13 people or, or whatever the circumstance is that just seems insurmountable. You're going to hit that moment. And I love the, the question your friend asked, but are you preaching the gospel? Okay, well, then what else did you expect? Mm -hmm. And just that faithfulness, knowing that faithfulness, obedience is success. Mm -hmm. uh, being faithful and obedient to what God has called you, it's not going to be easy, but having that pastoral grit. Thanks, man, for being with us. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I love, I love what God is doing here with you guys. I love being a part of uh, what God's doing with, with replanting across North America, man. It's, a, it's an exciting time. As always, we want to thank our sponsor, 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches big and small. And they've launched two awesome new products that help churches, church plants, church replants. The first one is called Launchpad. It's an all-in-one custom branding and website bundle developed specifically for church planters, replanters, and revitalizers who need to get things moving quickly. The second is Church QuickSight. It was created for churches working with tight budgets and can help them get an amazing new website in as little as one week at an affordable price. Check out 180.church. That's O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y dot church to learn more about these special new offerings and how 180 can help move your church forward.